It's time for the Steve and Kyle podcast with Kyle. So now you want to start a league and use the Zach for that. So, you know, when the when Cindy, the widow, uh, Cindy has moved on. Oh, so, oh, God, she died too? No, she has moved on. Oh, my God. Rest in peace, Cindy. Die of a broken heart. You know what they say, Steve. It's uh, worse than cancer. And Steve. Speaking of Twitter, very quickly, I wanted to mention, uh, uh, he's more my friend than yours because he agrees with me on everything. Uh, my new best friend, Travis Branch. Oh, yeah? What did that yeah, loser uh, say? <laughs> So mean. Travis has never been anything but wonderful to us. Now, here they are. Two guys who are living in style. Steve and Kyle. Melissa Vaughn. Mm. Mm. Boy, I, I do love there's a certain joy that uh, enters my heart every time I get to dig into the Wayback Machine <laughs> with the, with those intros. Um, that was from a, a long time ago. Talking about my former neighbor, yeah, Cindy. Yep, buried in the backyard, if Not, I remember no, right. No, we still, lost her. As far as I know, still very much alive. Granted, I haven't seen her since they moved out a year and a half ago. You know what they say. Yeah, what, what the, no, no, I don't know what they say, but I, I'm... Looking forward to hearing what what they say. I haven't seen them in a year. They're probably dead. <laughs> oh, a lot of people I know are dead then. Sorry to brother Mike. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it's been a year and a half. He's probably been dead and alive again and dead the, again. Now, we haven't, we're not planning on pulling back the curtain, but speaking of brother Mike and family, you and Annette and, mm-hmm. and, and, and little Evelyn. Yeah. How old's Evelyn now, by the way? She's like, 21 months yesterday. You guys are taking a little trip back to the motherland. We are going to Italy. Headed to Sicily. or <laughs> Not Sicily. Is it Sicily? In Italy? Yeah. It, it, Sicily is in Italy. That's yes. what I mean. Okay. That's, yeah. Yeah. I have no idea where. Um, I'm, I'm bad with like knowing my family's history. I have no idea where they're from. Well, we're already, we're already getting terribly sidetracked. But of what percentage are. are you Italian? Like, where does the Italian um, on your family come from? I am twenty five percent Italian because I get that from my mom's side. Okay. Uh, my mom's mom came from Italy. Well, her her parents. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know how far you'd gone back if you'd done the, yeah. you know, the ancestry thing to see. No, I think when they're... your pa- when your family migrated from Italy. I think my uncle has done a good amount of the ancestry for that side of the family. My dad has a ton for his side of the family. Okay. Like back to like the 1500s. It was probably a little bit more for your mom then, but is there any part of you outside of the idea of Italy being, you know, a a, a destination travel spot? Mm-hmm. Is there any part of you that thinks I'd like to go there for a hair for heritage well, reasons. I've, I mean, I've been to Italy before. On your was, was it your abroad? Yeah, I was there when abroad? I when I um yeah in two thousand one when I did a semester abroad. I was in London, and we had a ten day like uh, mid mid fall semester break. Cool. And we went. We bought a flight to Rome and a flight back from Rome. Wow. And then we had a ten day rail pass. 
And all we did, we knew we were where we were staying the first, I think, three nights, and then we left the rest of it just up in the air. My God, you know, it was th- it was amazing. When you think about it, you were so early twenties person from the movies, yeah, where it was all like, oh, "No, nah, man, I'm just gonna." backpack in Europe. See where the rails take me. Yeah, you can't hold yeah. me down and I'm not going to listen to you. Yeah. And, but that, I mean, obviously it, not to that extent because you yeah. were over there for school, but that, it feels like you had that uh, school what, was, what was it, wanderlust? Yeah, school was definitely uh, second priority. While you were over there? But uh, they kind of told us that that's how it should be. Okay. They're like, look, you're, you're away from home. You may never yeah. get to do this again. Which, so far, true. Yeah. I mean, that was half my lifetime ago. Well, I mean, I and think that was evident, though, when you said um, there was the concerted effort to drink a beer a day. Yeah. At the at the pub below your apartment or yeah. below your residence. So I lived uh, in Oliver Hall at Regents College at the time, now Regents University. But we would t- walk down the hallway, down a couple flights of steps, yeah. walk through the refectory, which was like the... Uh, you know the the dining hall type area. Cut through a couple hallways, down another flight of steps. You're in the pub. Are you gonna be amazing? That dad, who in you know twenty years or not 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 twenty years. I apologize. Yeah. Seventeen, 17 years, <laughs> yeah. Who is like trying to show little Evelyn around Monmouth, or um, or the place you stayed in Italy on a family vacation? Oh, that, I. I Italy, I would have no idea where <laughs> where you we wouldn't stayed. Remember. All right, no, I'm sorry. I mean, I mean, we, I mean in we stayed. Either. Yeah, we stayed at various hostels um, all around Italy in uh, Rome, Florence, Venice. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. But yeah, I, I would definitely take her to to Regents. That would be amazing if we if we got to do like a family trip yeah, to you, go to London. You'd be that. It'd be right out of a movie where the daughter obviously doesn't care. Couldn't care less. Because, oh, great, dad's going down memory lane for memories I don't care about. Yeah. Again, I just want to go, you know, see all the cool spots in the year, you know. Big Ben, 2040 or whatever. Yep. And. Like, where's the the lunar lander moonshot base where you can hop on there and then you're uh, ported, teleported right to the moon? That's right. Where am I? Uh, where's my fancy shoes where I do a, a quick jump over the ocean, you know, so I can go home. I'm assuming that's where we'll be, right? Yeah, definitely. 17 years or so. But has that struck you at all? Um, the idea to go explore your heritage a little bit in Italy, the motherland? Um, a little bit. My mom and my sister have gone. That was my next question, is yeah. it? Because I think the closer you are to that generation that left there you're more curious a little bit you know yeah. about where where did my yeah kind of direct ancestors because she's probably to the point where she remembers maybe very very vaguely a relative who may have come over from there yeah i think so and when they went over there um they went with when my grandmother was still alive um i think it was probably probably about 10 years ago mm-hmm. maybe a little longer than that they went over there and stayed with family like mm. there's family over there and welcomed welcomed them in with open arms mm-hmm. my uncle speaks pretty good italian so he was kind of the translator the whole time they were there um but a lot of them also spoke english to an extent 
and um, I regret not going because originally I was I was planning on going with them, and then uh, I don't remember why I ended up not going because I would have been working by then, so I'm sure that it wouldn't have been super easy for right. me to, to inconvenient get, to get two weeks off or whatever they did. And um, but I remember them saying that they, I guess the relatives over there own like a spa. Oh, so they have a big, they have like a very big uh, like house or I don't know, but everybody stayed there. Yeah, it was a very big like compound almost. And um, they said that they sat down to eat dinner, and it was just course after course after course after course of like the most incredible food ever. And um, then at one point they kind of cleared the table off and they had, they rolled out like a big piece of brown, like parchment type paper. And they basically went around the room and, and drew a family tree just right on the table. It was like, okay, well you're this person and you go here and you go here. And they were just like connecting all of the dots to figure out exactly how everybody was related. Sure. Man, that is and that fits the bill of everything you've read about is exactly you know, course after course after course and yeah. I imagine they Welcome all... welcoming them in with open arms like yep. we have no idea who you are. You say your family. All right, come on in. Could be, could not be, doesn't matter, your family now yeah. type of thing. Yeah. If so my you... uncle my uncle keeps in touch with uh I it must be like his I don't know third cousin or something okay. like that if you ever go mm-hmm. because you're far enough down the line it's not like you're ingratiated with that italian culture right like somewhat i mean like growing up if we were doing um holidays with my mom's side of the family like that's the italian side of the family so everything was like at christmas they would do the the feast of the seven fishes and uh, I mean, pasta for everything. It was it one hundred percent. The other side of my my family, uh, my dad's side, is primarily Irish. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's the complete opposite because you think like the Irish. It's like they feel like they're still going through the potato famine. So it's <laughs> so it's like one piece of bread, and if you yeah. go for a second, you're getting your hand well, slapped. It, it was always. Um, <laughs> I remember going like I go to my grandmother, like grandmom and grandpa, my my mom's parents. I mean, the meals there, that side of the family, it was like, you know, a thirty nine pound Thanksgiving turkey, and just like sides and dishes and this and that, and more food than you can ever imagine. And then we go to my nanny and pop-up my my dad's parents mm-hmm. and it was like okay there's uh eight of us there there's a seven pound turkey and it's like i mean uh, like picking the meat off the oh. bone like and it wasn't I, I don't mean to to you know make it sound make it sound uh bad or anything because yeah. it was all it was very good but it was like it was just they made exactly what they needed and ate that and they were good yeah, yeah. Whereas the Italian side, you're like you're barfing, but you're still right, eating right, right. because you need you haven't tried all the courses yet. Man, it's I, just that excess. I, I I mean, we we honest to goodness do not have the time <laughs> because I could have one million questions about the well, seven fishes. Oh, I I I wouldn't be able to answer them. I'd have to get uh, my brother or my sister on the phone. Did you ever? I mean, you you said that happened. Were you there? Do you remember eating it though? Do you? Remember? I um I remember the smell. And I, okay. I'm not a big, 
seafood person at all. Yeah, that, and that's why I was going like, to ask. I yeah. like shrimp. Yeah. Popcorn, um, popcorn variety. <laughs> popcorn, yeah, yeah, exactly. Of course. Coconut. <laughs> <laughs> of course. The main two shrimps. Right. And then the third. And it, oft, not as often teriyaki. Yeah. Um, I do I do shrimp, but even back then, I wasn't a big shrimp fan. Um, uh, tuna fish, you know, mm-hmm. uh, bumblebee, preferably. Sure. <laughs> Maybe chicken of the sea. Yeah. Um, mm, now, in the last, like, two weeks, I've discovered that I love salmon. Okay. But back then, I hated it. All I remember is that the house would smell like garbage, and I'd be yeah. starving because there would be nothing to eat. You a calamari guy? No. I... I'm at a, still at a stage in my life, and I've never enjoyed it, where if I am at a restaurant and somebody else within the vicinity orders calamari. Hmm. By, the, my, by the way, it's galamad. Sorry. I mean, this, this is where I show my idiocy. Come on. You've seen the Sopranos. Galamad. I, my night's almost ruined. The smell is so it's, overwhelming. Yeah. And at Every first you day. see it, and you're like, oh, it's deep fried. It looks like, yeah. like, kind of like an onion ring. Sure. Little. But I see... But that also doesn't appeal to me because I don't really like onion rings. Let's uh, let's get it on the books. Let's maybe next week mm-hmm. see if we can get Brother Mike on because okay. I would like to ask him about the Seven Fishes dinner. Yeah, if he remembers anything further. Oh, I know exactly what he's going to remember about it. Probably more, well, more than you, like you said. You you said he probably knows more than you do already now. Yeah, I I don't know. Should I tell you what I know he's going to remember? I kind of like the reveal as it happens. Yeah, I'll write. What I'll do is You'll I will. Write I'll write it down and I'll slide it across to you. Yeah, okay. Because I and then I also want to ask him the same line of questioning I asked you regarding the Italian heritage. Because if yeah. I were to look at the two of you side by side, the way you dress, like the way even little things like the way Mike does his hair, things mm-hmm. like that, he it feels like he got you know a percentage more yeah. of the Italian genetics uh-huh. than you did. Yeah, right. Yeah, I have um, I have features that more resemble my dad. And what about your sister? Where does she fall in line in terms of uh, the heritage and how um, does she? Her hair is about my color. Okay. So, yeah, kind of, kind of in the middle, I guess. Yeah, let's get it on the books. I'd like to talk okay. to Brother Mike next week um, right. if we can. Um, yeah, actually, it's going to be two weeks. By the way, it is. Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021, the year of our Lord. It's the Stephen Kyle podcast. An episode was just released like eight hours ago today. Yeah. And um, we have, you're going to be away. I'm going to be away. So we're doing a quick turnaround. We just recorded like, what, two days ago. Yeah. And this is one of those going aways where usually we we can make it work. Usually there's never a a real issue in terms of uh, too much. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll record a Monday or a Thursday or a Friday, which inconvenient sure but it's not a deal breaker i think i'm coming back the day after you were leaving yeah, well, for about a week because you're so. leaving on like thursday and yeah. coming back what on sunday? on sunday we're leaving on sunday and coming back on thursday yeah so uh, outside of ships passing outside of skipping content which yeah. we've only done with a with a boo-boo exactly in I the mean, last come on. 45 years yeah um, we decided to keep the train a moving yeah with the elusive elusive Tuesday yeah, night. I, I can't imagine there's been many of them recording. And it's already been a little bit of a trip down memory lane. As you remember your, your heritage. Well, yeah. this is almost perfectly fitting for what we talked about on the episode. And I'll say last week, even though it was released today. Yeah. Because we did an extensive look back on my time. 
podcasting while I was a member of, yeah. or not a member, but as a uh, an intern and an employee for the sidekick. Member, yeah. You were you were getting paid. You were I was. A, you I were was a, an employee. You were a paid employee. That's right. And we played some audio bits of some of my time on, I believe, a little off topic. Yeah. And I mentioned that I'd done a little off topic and Riding the Pine, both in different formats was and with different one? people. That was it for me. I could have sworn there was a third one. You know what I really wish? And I, I mean, they're lost to the ether at this point. Those intern views. And I'm, I will, we'll talk about those here in a few minutes. I, I did, did two of them. Hold on. I have to pause for one minute. I have your old podcasts. Oh, you do? Where I, know, those I know for a fact I have them all. I have a backup of every podcast back to 2009. Oh, that wow. just popped in my head. If you can get me dates. Oh, yeesh. I mean, well, even it would if, be most Saturdays. It would be Saturday, twenty ten and twenty eleven. Yeah. yeah, I'll dig. I'll dig some up. Because okay, that to listen back to those first efforts. Yeah, first efforts. I mean, the ones I were playing were middle of the way. That was like you're gonna. Get that to was com- the top of the roller coaster. You'll get first. to complete the box set. Maybe we could release them as bonus. But I, I did some intern views. I did two. Yeah. I remember them perfectly. You did intern views, and I remember. My goal walking into that booth both times, it was don't try to be good. Just don't be bad. I wanted to make the most. Did they ever get played? No, because I mission accomplished. Oh, nice. Two decent sized interviews. Who'd you talk to? uh, I talked to Joan Rivers. Wow. And uh, Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. I would love, I mean, those, and that, why I said that is those have to be lost to the ether. Those are gone. Oh boy! Well, I mean, I can, there's been. Uh, let me do a. I'll pull up the. Because there's the been so much right transitions now. in terms of where you guys store your stuff, mm-hmm. and back then it felt like there was probably a server room of CDs <laughs> right. where all of the audio was held. Uh, and the reason I bring those up, and my internship and my old podcast, is because that kind of spurred me to look. To look back at talking to someone who was a part of that time. Yeah. Now, this is someone I haven't spoken to in years, maybe 10 years. Yeah, I think the last time I interacted with this person, I remember getting a text from him completely out of the blue Mm -hmm. when I was at a hockey game. And I guess he was watching the hockey game online. Okay, and he saw you. And saw me. Yeah, it was like during a commercial break or during a stoppage, they kind of like pan the crowd. And he's like, I just got a text. My phone buzzed. He's like, hey, man, you at the game? Now, (laughs) and that was, I mean, that had to be seven, eight years ago. This person and I were interns at the same time. Yeah. Similar. He didn't start with me. He started after me. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously I'm selfish. But my for my count, that was the golden age for interns on that it, on the sidekick. It was. Um, I was thinking back about that, and that was that was the era of the nickname. It was everybody had a everyone had a nickname. Never endearing. I mean, in case you're no. wondering, it was not a um, a question of handsome guy Rick. <laughs> or whatever being a nickname. No, no. It I was... mean, you had Ben or Crombie. Yes. But that was, uh, that was before you. Yeah. Because that would have been 07, 08, yeah. probably. So I, I happened to stumble upon something on this person's Instagram. He's taken a bit of a different path in life. So yeah. 
reached out and he was more than happy. So today we're going to have a little catch up, Steve, mm-hmm. with formerly known as Purple Heart Matt. Yeah. Now, Matt, a uh, former intern of the Free Beer and Hot Wings show, the side gig, mm-hmm. uh, served in the Army. Yes. Received a Purple Heart yep. for his service, came back. And then was reduced to took doing... took a major step down. Was reduced to doing um, humiliating stunts <laughs> in the name of radio. Which we all were. I'm not... I don't care. It was sure. part of the fun that yeah, we all was, had there. That, so. that, was, uh, that was the era. So, Steve, I think it's time. Let's see if we can get a hold of here and maybe catch up with Purple Heart Matt. All right. Oh, video, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Off to a hot start, Purple Aggressive. Heart. <laughs> I didn't think this was going to be video. Oh, boy. Well, it's just easier what to, up, to see you. I, I do appreciate how wow. I texted you, Matt, uh, FaceTime, and yeah. you opened your phone and said, ah, video, like a caveman <laughs> who first found fire. Yeah. Um, we are not recording yet, are we? Oh, yeah. No, man. We're... This is all off the cuff. This is the good stuff. That's what this is what everybody wants to hear, man. All right. Well, excellent. Good to know. No, we're just recording audio. Don't worry. You don't okay. have to go put your face on or anything. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So uh, tell us a joke, funny man. A joke. My life. <laughs> uh, my law career. Uh, my attempt at representing people on the record. Um, yeah. Oh. No. It's uh, it's been interesting, you know. So we were we were just talking about how you um, you served our country. You received a Purple Heart for your service. Yep. Uh, you came back. You took a bit of a dive down, way way down to the status of intern on a radio show. Uh, what two hours away from where you lived? So that was a bit of a drive every day for you. Yeah, I I uh, wanted to get into radio and thought, what better way to do it than for free and two and a half hours away? So yeah. every morning that I had to work, I'd leave my house at 2 a.m. and drive through the night, uh, well, the morning, and do a free show. I mean, I had a blast. It was a great time for sure. Tell me, but, what uh, year, what, was that like 2011, 2010? It was 2011, yeah. I got out of the Army end of uh, 2010, and... Uh, yeah, that uh, just started the next summer. And, now, uh, yeah. What do you remember? Because we were all kind of subjected to <laughs> different stunts that either we had to do ourselves or that we had to be a part of when uh, when one of his you know fellow monkeys would be out there doing some hijinks <laughs> on the road. Right. Do you remember any that particularly uh, like stuck with you, whether it be embarrassment or just super funny that you were present for? Um, yeah, so I mean, just a, a common theme of embarrassment that I got quite a bit of was just, uh, I mean, you hear like Purple Heart Matt, military veteran, whatever, you're probably expecting, I mean, not a physical specimen, but just more <laughs> than what I brought to the table. There was a lot of uh, weight commentary at the time. I mean, I ballooned up to like 280. I lost quite a bit of weight recently, wow. but uh, for a while there, I was pretty fat. So <laughs> that, that was just like an overall theme of embarrassment that I got a pretty good dose of. Um, my favorite part, though, I, I remember we did 
that bigger, better, best trade up stunt, I think, where oh, yeah. uh, the interns that. got sent out with like a, a dumb whatever, and you had to like just go up to a stranger and go, "Hey, give me something instead of this." Yeah, it was yeah, based rem- off yeah, of the red paper. It was clip. based off of one red paper clip. The person who traded, I think, a paper clip, and then over the course of a couple of years, they ended up getting a house. So they just yeah. do like I'll give you that paper clip for this cup. All right, now I got a cup. Well, I'll take a cup and I'll get a, you know, a. a box of you know a carton of cigarettes or something and then just keep trading keep trading yeah and i don't remember which intern it was that ended up winning but somebody went out and they were so smart about it they went to the founder's brewery and came back with two cases of beer i remember joe losing his mind bouncing up and i was like they win they win they win they win that's the winner that's the winner that's the winner and i had like some dumb like an iphone charger or something (laughs) and i was like yeah if anyone's getting a little low on juice I can help you out here, I guess. I do remember who that was. That was uh, Nader Tot. Nader Tot won with the beer. Yep, Nader Tot came in because I can still, to this day, see the grin on his face and the maniacal laughter as he kicked the door to the studio (laughs) open, walked in with two cases of beer, his eyes are wide, and he's, ah-ha! He was insanely excited about it. Man, that what do you remember now you were there for what typically it was a semester was you were there for six months a year yeah i I did like a six months ish like uh, spring and through the end of summer probably Mm -hmm. now we were talking last week here and a little bit today even about the time that we recorded podcast now you were a part of a little off topic for for a while Uh, we listened back to a few minutes of it last week. Old, I'm sure. <laughs> Matt, I got to tell you, we got to scrub it from the internet, man. It's Please so do. it's so bad. Don't uh, don't worry, the internet has scrubbed it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. The internet is doing our work for us and yeah. removing it uh, based on lack of interest. Do you yeah, remember anything about knows. that? I I remember uh, it being sporadic and random. Uh, I mean, it was fun. Uh, a lot of uh, just dicking around mostly. Sorry, I don't know if we're keeping this clean. That's but, fine. Do what you um, But, uh, uh, yeah, it uh, it was fun. I remember we had uh, the intro cut by the guy. He was an instructor at my radio school. That's right. Leno and, Kelly, uh, Golden Throat himself, was recording liners for us. <laughs> yeah, so it uh, – it was almost semi-professional. It like we we did okay, I guess, for a first time. I don't remember any theme or topic other than it just being a little off topic. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it fit the bill. And I remember telling, I remember when we started this, and I don't believe you were a part of the very first incarnation, but I remember telling you know Greg and Steve and whoever would listen that it's going to be a little off topic, and the resounding reply was like a shake of the head terrible name (laughs) terrible and i stand by it i think that's a i think it's a pretty good name yeah i mean it definitely sets you up for what it was no question (laughs) zero expectations yeah because or i guess all expectations well and i think what what we didn't realize at that time matt was in 2010 2011 the world needed a handful of mid-20s white dudes to give opinions on stuff Mm -hmm. and we were there to fill the void yeah, I just, you know, we had things figured out, and we were like, let us share our wisdom. <laughs> We've got a combined, I don't know, 60 years of experience right. here. So, uh, yeah, we'll just tell you the way of the world and how it should be. We've got a have combined a 60 years and three microphones well, yeah. in a corner booth. Right. Let us have it. Yeah, and, you, and your years of experience 
aren't in any specified field. It's just yeah. simply being alive. Yeah. But listen, oh, we, yeah. for for a while there, if anybody would have given us any grief, said, hey, this show sucks, we would have asked them, why do you hate our veterans? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is always a fun spot to be in when you're the veteran there presented. Yeah, yeah. Going, no, I mean... Uh, you're, justify your displeasure for me, please. Yeah, you're yeah, you're a, you're a nice prop so that way nobody could really oh. look at you uh, look you in the eye and say I don't like you yeah, because that would be, sure. you know, the least American thing ever. That's the best part being the prop. I uh I was so we talked about being a, a failed attorney or whatever. I so when I couldn't do that, I was like, "Well, I'll go recruit attorneys." So I was doing attorney recruiting for a little while. And I had this weird boss who, for some reason, would try to, like, leverage my veteran status oh. to, like, close a sale. And he'd be really? like, yeah, this guy, he's even got four fingers. Check this out. We call him high four around the office. And I'm like, dude, what are we doing here? <laughs> and so I'm, like, at a lunch sticking my hand up to this polite Midwestern woman who works in a law office. And she's like, oh, well, that's just something. I'm sorry that happened to you. And I'm like, I'm sorry this is happening to all of us. I want to die right now. What? So we, we need you to kind of fill in the last decade or so, because I remember after you left, <laughs> uh, after your internship ended, I believe that you had, did you get a radio job very briefly or something like that? Or there was the, the prospect of you getting a yeah. radio job? So I was going to, I, I was married, uh, so I, I've gotten divorced since then and everything, and I, I had one job offer, I don't even remember what station it was at, I don't know if they even told me at the radio school, but it was up north doing like overnights for minimum wage or whatever, and I was yeah. like, I can't do this, and I understand that's how radio works, so I was like, alright, I gotta do something else, so I went back to school mostly just so I could keep getting my GI Bill money, I didn't really have any interest <laughs> in it, but right. it was an easy way to keep money coming in, and uh at first, I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. That's probably something I could do. And after like a year of biology classes and a two-point GPA, I was like, this is a dumb <laughs> idea. So I, I switched my major to political science, uh, finished that, went to law school, barely graduated. I, I, did, I talked to zero lawyers before going to law school. I just had a career counselor who was like, hey, because you got wounded, we'll pay for it. And I was like, all right, sure, why not? <laughs> and... Uh, found out i'm not cut out to be a lawyer i just don't like it it's not the work environment for me i didn't even pass the bar i missed it by like five points but i i was working as a public defender for a little bit in uh, law school you can in michigan you can work uh in some settings as a lawyer just as long as you're in law school and have a lawyer supervisor so okay. if you're poor enough you'll get a c student who's in their last year of law school to represent you for your felony and, oh, that's, uh, that's very yeah, yeah, imagine very reassuring, very yeah. reassuring. So there, there are definitely times where I walked in and they were like, "Wait, you're my lawyer," and I'm like, "I feel the same way about this, man. We're gonna get through it. You're probably gonna go to the jail at the end of it." But, it's good uh, to know the system works did, for yeah. everyone, man. All right, so let's see. Now I feel like in TV and movies, uh, lawyers always talk about like their record. Do you know what yeah. your record is? Oh, and whatever, I, how many files I had. <laughs> you didn't uh, win one, huh? No, I mean, it was public defense in Ypsilanti and stuff. So, like, a lot of, like, they got arrested with the meth in their hand type stuff <laughs> where I'm like, we're not defending this. We're just mitigating here. You're uh, just you're trying to get them out. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So I, one guy, he wanted me to use the not my pants defense. And I was like, that doesn't keep the gun from being your possession. I don't care that you borrowed the pants. You knew there was a gun in there. Dude. Sure, sure. 
So yeah, a lot of that. And I was like, all right, this isn't for me. Uh, so you didn't enjoy, did you enjoy it at all? Or was it just yeah. like dread from the start? It, it was okay. I liked, I liked the interacting with people part, you know, even, you know, your clients and stuff where sometimes <laughs> you're like, well, you're insane, but I'm glad I got to meet you. You're just an interesting person. Now you see uh, in TV shows and stuff, Matt, where, you know, you kind of wait in court and there's a bunch of, a bunch of people who are about to be charged with something and they get mm-hmm. randomly. Was that something you were a part of? We, every day we did what we called roll call where I would leave my office with a stack of files who were my new clients. And I'd go into the court as court, the docket starts at one. I'm there at quarter till going, all right, Williams, where you at? Uh, Hey, I'm your, I'm your lawyer. We'll go talk for five minutes outside. Uh, how long are you cool with doing here, man? I think I can get us. I plead to one. I can get us to dismiss one. Six months. How's that sound? All right, sure. <laughs> like that's the level of defense going on. Wow. Now, and I, but you know all I, the lingo. At least you know all the lingo now. Yeah, I can make it sound good, and at least like when I watch movies, I'm like, oh, that's not the way they do it. Yeah. But like that's the extent of my involvement in the legal But system. is are there de- is there a decent chance that as you sit here and denigrate what you did while you sure. you know got your degree and and helped people in the public defender's office? Yep. Is there a chance that there's someone out there who's like, man, I, I forgot his name, but it's the best lawyer you'll ever have. <laughs> he got me off with three, you know, three months in parole for a year or whatever. I got to get his name. He'll help you. And it yeah, was man, you. There's this there's this drunk that I got off of a DUI charge on a technicality. He's just going around drumming up business for a lawyer who doesn't exist. <laughs> no, I, I wish I had a good story like that where it was one where like, I pulled a rabbit out of my hat and was like, they're never going to see me coming. But every time it was just a massacre. Like it just, it's so <laughs> one-sided. Like, it's just like Matt's locker. It was like a, the easiest game of whack-a-mole. Like the moles <laughs> yeah. broke. And and he's slowly, <laughs> he's slowly coming up thinking I've got him this time. I'm going to get my client story. off. I don't have a single story like that for any lawyer I worked with where we were like, Oh, we like the whole office was like, you really nailed that. Like sure. everyone went to jail. So like, that's just, <laughs> That's the way it is. Well, it's a real commercial for that uh, for that firm that you worked for. It was the public defender. We yeah. know. <laughs> so was the was the office a lot of people in your same scenario? You know, kind of not the yeah, not the top sure. of the class, but you know, still trying to grind it out, and then ended up hating it. Or were there people who were? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh... I think it is something that a lot of people get into out of almost necessity and develop a passion for it. Some people definitely go into it with the intention, but uh, most people don't go work for the public defender out of law school uh, if you have other options. It's just not glamorous. There's no money in it. It, uh, It's not fun. But some people are really good at it, and uh, we need those people, but I am not one. So So how long did that job last then? About six months. You know, okay. it wasn't very long. It was just, uh, it, it's something you do in your third year of law school. Um, and so I uh, did that and then wrote it out through graduation and stopped just before the bar. Um, and that, that's typical for most of the people there. But they had some attorneys that had been there for like 20 years that did a lot of good work. And then there were some attorneys that were like, I think you're drinking on the job and representing people. <laughs> but hey, man, it's cool. <laughs> did you Did you want to pass the bar? Uh, I don't think so, because I think if I did, I probably would have. I, I put very little effort into it uh, and still came kind of close. But uh, it I don't know. Once I like really realized what being a lawyer was like, I think I just kind of checked out from it and was just like coasting to get through school. 
and then like it came point to take the bar and i was like well i guess i got to it, you know the next thing to do but i i just didn't really try so i, I think if i wanted to i would have mm. i don't know i haven't taken it again that was in 2018 so how many years done. were you in school then in 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 total for for just to be a lawyer Sure. So I uh, I did like a speed run because I went through summers too, and it was six calendar years. Usually it's oh. seven, but yeah, it was brutal. Oh, that all seems a lot of, awful. A lot of time to get a degree that I'm not going to use. So so in terms of like the chance you gave it though, you spent six years. You did that time in the public defender's office. Now you didn't yeah. take the bar. So did you work at any law office after that? Um. Yeah. So that's what I've been kind of doing since then. They call it like JD preferred. So. Okay. Uh, I worked for GM doing like lemon law settlement. So like uh, someone threatens to sue us and we, I would throw a bunch of money at them. Sometimes we'd like buy back their whole car. If you guys want to figure out how to get a free car every three years, <laughs> talk to me. Uh, Cause every car company does this. All you got to do is be like, Hey, the seat doesn't go back the way I want it to or whatever. And if you take it in a few times, then uh, it qualifies as a lemon by law in Michigan. And uh, companies don't want to get sued because it costs more to defend it. That's amazing. So they just throw money at you. So, uh, yeah, if you want to figure out how to – I mean, I could, we could probably get a few thousand dollars a piece, like just <laughs> from trying. So I don't know. It's an option. Uh, so instead of flipping that, cars, your idea is to buy new, literally not use them outside of, say, my window doesn't roll down fast enough, and then get the money at the end. No, no, no. You can drive it into the ground. That's the beauty of it. Oh, good. You drive it into the ground, but just every, like, four months, take it in and be like, the infotainment screen cut out when I was driving. They'll never be able to replicate it or prove that you're lying. And uh, I'm a lot of really bad legal advice. <laughs> I was going to say, this, uh, this seems to be... I'm not a lawyer, and this is probably fraud if you do it. So if you go do well, this... Well, it's definitely fraud, man. I want to stop you there. That is definitely fraud. Yeah. Well, one thing I learned in law school, never speak in legal terms of absolute. So I don't want to say it's definitely fraud. I'm just saying it probably is fraud. Um, so I don't think anyone should do this. But this is what it felt like we were seeing people do because you'd be like, okay, man, I'm going to give you a bunch of money so you don't sue us over your screen cutting out twice. Whatever. So how much so, would that person hypothetically, of course, get? Well, I I did have direct settlement authority up to fifteen grand, where I didn't have to ask anybody, and I could just write a check wow. for fifteen thousand dollars. Just I to get them off of your back, just to get them off her back. I also had authority to do a repurchase of a vehicle, where we would uh, give you, like, if you made five years worth of car payments, we would give you five years worth of car payments back and everything. I could do that up to fifty thousand dollars. So I mean, they're writing big checks here. So then, so say I have a car, you know, I got the new uh, Chevy, whatever. Sure. And uh, like Kyle said, the window doesn't work. I drive it for a couple of years, but every couple months I go in yep. and uh, and say, hey, the, the window's not working again. Oh, it is now. That's weird. Okay. Keep bringing it back. At some point, the, this scheme, scheme, not scam, scheme, scheme isn't going to work anymore, right? Like what if I have the car fully paid off? Uh, you'd think, but because it's all legal terms, um, when it started, that kind of starts the clock. And so you have a statute of limitations that you can go back and sue somebody for. So in Jeez. Michigan, it's three years. So even though it has been resolved and uh, or like it just hasn't been an issue for a few years, if you're coming up on the statute of limitations, we'd see people get it in where we'd be like, this is obvious, like a lawyer or someone who knows, knows a lawyer, someone who knows someone who 
miss the bar by five points, whatever, <laughs> and getting a little coaching. So, yeah, you, you'd see it. But, I mean, there were some legitimate ones where we were like, well, you just bought a new car and we can't figure out why the right turn signal will never come on. I guess we owe you a new one. Whatever. <laughs> Man, just think about, like, you just walk outside and your new SUV's there because your blinker didn't work. Yeah, yeah. for sure, man. Now, and and my- you got a stack of cash in your hand, too. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, and this is for your trouble. My wife is a is a nurse, Matt, and so yeah. I, I, for, I think repeat customer is kind of the expression you can use in today's day and age where sure. people kind of figure that a system out. In the time you've been doing this job, have you seen any repeat customers where it's like, hey, this is the third vehicle for, for so-and-so? Oh, yeah. Well, just to clarify, too, I got fired from that because I wasn't good at that either. So I'm not there anymore. Uh, Maybe it's because you were uh, a little yeah, fast at playing a little fast and loose with the checkbook. Maybe when I they told you authority to write a check, that didn't mean do it every time. Yeah, they were like, somehow everyone on Matt's Facebook friends list just got a new car while he's been here. I don't know what's how, going on. How did that conversation go when they called you and, uh, Matt, come on in here for a minute. We got to talk. Yeah, and, pretty much. It was just uh, like, you're uh, not really keeping up with your work here. Uh, we're going to let you go. <laughs> so, yeah, all right, I get it. But, uh, yeah, we definitely we saw some people that came back a few times where sure. it was a known uh, frequent flyer where you're like, you're on your third new Escalade, but we got to do it because it costs more to sue us. So congratulations, sir. All right. So this brings us up. Where are we on the timeline now? So when, when was that job? Well, that was, uh, during COVID. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I left that job. Well, they told me to leave that job (laughs) in October last year. Um, so that was after that, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take a little time off, hang out a bit. Uh, I did some snowboarding out in Colorado, uh, and then just started doing uh, immigration work for another uh, staffing company. So okay. now work meaning what now? Because you're you're, what's the term you use for yourself? Lawyer adjacent? Uh, JD preferred. Okay, lawyer that's right. Adjacent. Yeah. Uh, so same thing where uh, I'm processing visas for foreign nationals coming over okay. that are already here working. So uh, I really like that one because it gets to my Republican uncles who are like, these damn foreigners <laughs> coming in and taking our jobs. I'm like, I know, man. I'm helping them do their paperwork. Making sure they're here compliant taking those jobs. So that's a fun one to bust out at like, and everything. Uh, so, no, that one, it's pretty cool. It's a nice little mix. I don't uh, – the, it it kind of reminds me of the last job a little bit where it's like that, you know, legal quasi whatever. Uh, but I'm not like working against lawyers yelling at me all day. Mm-hmm. So that part's pretty nice. There's no stress to it. So, yeah, it's just a nice little chill job that uh, helps pay the bills for now with my medical retirement. So. Well, and you're helping. You're actually helping. And, ter- you know, instead of asking drunks how long you're willing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's the first time where I feel like the some bit of legal expertise I have is going to a benefit for somebody. So not just ripping off the system or keeping a Fortune 50 company from losing a little bit of money. Right. So that's nice. Yeah. Do you uh, do you foresee staying here for um, uh, until you're ready to leave as opposed to when they're ready for you to leave? Yeah, I want to try that out. I, uh, <laughs> I've been fired from two jobs since I got my law degree, uh, legal recruiting and uh, the job at GM. So I'm hoping that this one I get to stick around for a little bit. Uh, I don't know, man. It's uh, 
it's just weird like sitting in an office for me it's not something that like i ever really thought i'd be doing you know it's uh i always had these like weird jobs where i was meeting new people outside different day or whatever i think that's what attracted me to radio and working with you idiots back in the day because like this is just a group of people that goof around and I don't have to be serious. And now I sit down, I got to be serious and it freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that would be one of the biggest, (laughs) the biggest changes I would think. Yeah. It's quite jarring. Yeah. Going from a radio atmosphere to a, you know, being a lawyer. Can't imagine. Yeah. Which I I think that's what uh, has really pushed me to start doing stand up comedy. I started doing that. Yeah. Tell us about this. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's something that I've always wanted to do. And, uh, I don't know, probably like five or six years ago, I took a class at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle in Royal Oak. It's like the big mm-hmm. comedy club yeah. over here. And uh, I loved it and then just like stopped doing it after that and started law school. And I was still married at the time and everything. And uh, so, yeah, like during the pandemic, I was just uh, bored and like writing jokes. So I was like, I want to do this. And once like, I-, I think it was part of it too. Like I felt like it was kind of, easy for me to say i'm gonna do it because the option i felt like wasn't there because of the pandemic sure yeah and then so like i started looking around for where to do it and i was like well there are a bunch of places doing like outdoor shows and stuff right now so i was like screw it i'm just gonna try so i went out and just started doing it and uh it's going pretty well i actually had a i did a show in las vegas last week while i was out there visiting and got paid to do it which blew my mind i was like i can't believe a stranger gave me twenty dollars to tell my dumb butt jokes for ten minutes. <laughs> so was that the first income from it, or if you made? Yeah, I, it was the first time I got paid. I framed it and put it up at my house. <laughs> I was like, "This is gonna motivate me. Stay humble. This is eventually, if I just do like two hundred of these a month, it'll pay the bills." Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Or if yeah. things get really bad, you can just break that glass and you got yeah. twenty bucks. <laughs> Dude, I had that same thought. I was like, I wonder how long till I'm taking this out and spending it on actual groceries or something. You just have a bl- you just have an empty frame up on the wall yeah. <laughs> with this a- is an emblematic of my dream yeah with a fist mark in it because yeah. he literally punched it to get it out yeah. uh now if you could matt can you put us put us in your shoes because okay you did military time you were on the radio but you have a law degree you worked in a courtroom so put us in your shoes the first time you get the nerve outdoor show whatever it is you're up there about to take the stage to tell your jokes um, I, I don't remember anything what I was thinking. It was so fast. It was a blur. Like I, I remember it was, it kind of reminded me of the first time where I was on air on the radio, but I felt so much more pressure and just that, like, there's no one to bail me out here. There's nobody. If I completely fart on the mic here, it's just me. Mm-hmm. Plus there's and people so, staring at you. I mean, at yeah, least on, not, at least on the radio, it, there's, there's that well, anonymity because there's only, there's four other people in the room. So if you screw up, it's like, all right, I screwed up with a bunch of my friends in the room. No big deal. But I mean, how many people were there and how long was your first set? That's the good thing is the first set was only five minutes and it was maybe for about the same amount of people that saw me talk on air at the same time. <laughs> All right. uh, it, it was a very small show at like a bar just in like the back parking lot, yes. which it's been a lot of that, like a tent out back, uh, someone's house, like stuff like that. And so it uh, definitely nerve wracking. I remember like I did a bad joke about like something my girlfriend said when we were having sex and it sounded like it was an assault or something. And I was like, <laughs> that came out wrong. I, I didn't mean for it to be that way. So it, it definitely wasn't a good set. Uh, 
but it, it's working out, you know, refining <laughs> and adapting, learning how things should sound and how they shouldn't. What, but, you know, kind of compare those two. When you walked off of there, what was it like? Do you have any comparison in your life for that feeling when you were done and you heard four people semi-clap or say, good job? Yeah, so the getting a laugh, because I did get a couple laughs the first time, and I was like, oh, that feels really, really good. I like that a lot. It feels and, like that. that's what every comedian says. Like, everyone, every comedian talks about how that's, you know, that's yeah. their drug. That's what. Yeah. For sure. And I, I bombed so hard where nobody laughed for five minutes and wanted to go die out back. And as bad as that felt, it will never feel as good as the times where I felt like I killed. And all right, like the the good will outweigh the bad every time. So like it will definitely bring you back. I'd imagine um, that that's got to be kind of humbling because no doubt when you're writing the, you know, when you're sitting down to write a joke, granted, I've never done that before, but I would imagine that the process is fairly similar for everybody. Like, okay, here's my setup. Here's my, uh, here's my delivery. Here's the punchline. Now I'm just going to pause for what? 20, 30 seconds yes, for the laughter. Yeah. Dude, it is. It's so funny the difference of how you build it up. Like, have you guys seen Joker with uh, Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I'm worried. Like, there are times where I'm like, am I this delusional? Where I'm like building up in my head, where I'm like walking out on like the Tonight Show. I'm like, oh, everyone loves me, and like <laughs> this stuff that I thought was gonna murder just dies on me, and it happens all the time. Uh, but you just like, it, and some of it like you just die enough times and eat it enough times that you figure out how to make what you thought was going to be funny work like it's just a dumb thought in my head until i say it enough to make it work so yeah it uh it's just the repetition of it sure i this is putting you on the spot and feel free to deflect away sure is there one you remember whether you wrote it down whether you say i'm gonna bust this out if the crowd is right that you thought was just gonna crush it that you said it you felt the air leave the balloon and you walked yeah. off and said, I'm never saying it again. Do you remember any in particular? Uh, oh, man. Not that I'm never going to say again. I've got a few that I feel like are funny. I just don't know how to make them work. Like they're so, like all the pieces are there, maybe just not in the right, the right order yeah, or the right spot. Like, I, I don't know why we're giving Elon Musk the keys to space. Like he's a nerd that has been bullied his entire life and figured out how to make it easier to pay for internet porn. And for some reason, we're going to let him be the one who handles like all of our space infrastructure. And I just feel like it's going to blow up in our faces one day where like he's going to fly off to his space lab and like turn the lights out on us and just be like, bye nerds. See you and, later. Like, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like there's a joke in there somewhere. And I, I told that on stage and everyone was just like, okay. <laughs> and like, that was it. And I was like, wait, that's supposed to be funny. Why aren't you laughing? He's yeah. a nerd. And we let him, and they're like, well, who else is going to do it? He's a nerd. Of course he is. So <laughs> you're like, good point. Yeah. Good yeah, point. You know, I'll take that under advisement. Yeah. You take out it your notebook and write it down. That, like, stay in your lane, man. Host SNL and like meme out on Dogecoin or whatever. <laughs> Or, like, be a scientist. I can't handle you being both. And so I think that's what's weirding me out. What What was the process like for those first few times? I mean, you don't really want the embarrassment of going out there with a little notepad in your hand. Did you have stuff written on your hand in case you forgot oh, where you were? No, I take a, I still take a notepad up. Do you really? Even on, mm -hmm. Yeah, even on my page show where, like, I just set it down. And, I mean, I'm not, like, staring at it. But every now and then, like, in between jokes, I'll just take a look down to make sure that sure. I haven't, like, missed anything or whatever. 
Um, but that's well, and that's the tough thing. Like here in Michigan, it's a pretty good scene. Like I did an open mic last night with 80 comics on it. It's got to be one of the biggest open mics in the Midwest. Like there's mm-hmm. just I've never heard of one even being like half 80. As big. That's insane. Yeah, it's a speed round, man. They start at seven and they'll go till the bar kicks us out. And uh, so it, it you get time, but you don't get that like repetition like you get in like New York, Chicago, L.A., where you can do. 10 spots in a night that might be like a whole like two weeks worth of work for me mm-hmm. so it's it's tough to like i wish that i could do like three or four in a night where like you start off with an idea and it doesn't work exactly right and you can immediately go up and tweak it otherwise i'm just like going home and trying to rewrite it and then it's like the same issue of okay well i think that works but i don't know it does i gotta go try it right and so uh that's been the biggest hurdle with uh you know still needing notes and just like tweaking a little bit but not getting to try it again for a little while but i mean it's you know it's working so that's crazy to think that you could do eight or ten of those a night in certain cities oh my god that that gives me such anxiety it's not even funny do you have anything that you do now everybody remembers bill goldberg from wcw before he'd go out for his match matt you remember he would smack his head into the door And you have you hear stories about like NFL players who, you know, still, hey, before every game, I would vomit everywhere. Do you have anything that you had to do uh, or that your body made you do before you'd go out because of nerves? Um, Yeah, I sit in the back by myself. Like, I don't know how these comics like hang out and drink and like BS with each other and stuff, because I'm just like, I I feel like I'm getting ready to like play high school football again or something where I'm like just so nervous and like worried that I'm going to screw up and that everyone's going to see me mess up or whatever that I'm like just sitting there by myself trying to remember everything I want to do, reading my notes. Uh, I definitely don't drink beforehand. Uh, you know, just, I, not that I'm a professional. I, I mean, you guys know I get fired from every job I have, but uh, <laughs> I, I'm trying to do this somewhat professionally and not uh, make it just a big goof around, but uh, some guys can make it. But I, I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of your style that whatever works for you. So, yeah, I definitely just kind of kind of like separate myself from everyone and focus. All right. Do you have uh, it feels weird to say this to you? Got any yeah. gigs? Got any gigs? You can uh, <laughs> any uh, any upcoming yeah. spots you can promote? Yeah, I'm doing a show tonight, actually, uh, over in uh, beautiful Roseville, Michigan, at right. Crash It Pub. Uh, make it if you can. This isn't live. No one will hear it until after no, it's done. Yeah, they're not going to hear but this until... They're not going to hear this for another great. week. Okay. Well, I'm sure I killed. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I'm, I wish that I would have uh, had a few more things lined up. I've been traveling a little bit, uh, so I don't have anything. But I've been doing stuff over on the west side of the state quite a bit. Like, once a month, I'll get out there. Mm-hmm um mahala cafe i don't know it's it's nothing you guys have heard of i'm sure because like for us to even find spots to do a lot of times it's like hey my buddy's got a coffee bar or whatever they'll let us do an open mic for an hour and a half on a tuesday night at eight so like that kind of stuff so it's a lot of that and then every now and then i'll get booked on a show like uh the one i did in vegas where it's like really well promoted and there's a flyer and everything for it which that's just it blows my mind still or like even afterwards when people like complete strangers come up to me and they're like hey man you're really funny and like shake my hand they're like what's your name what's your instagram and stuff i'm like this is just crazy to me that like anyone is interested in this at all so that's awesome though Uh, man that's how it starts yeah Yeah, that's what we're gonna ask too is you know where can where can people find you and follow you and um you know to keep up with where you're going and everything for comedy 
So I'm on Instagram at the real Matt Daddy. Um, that's uh, definitely a work in progress. It's and like I said, it's uh, it, it feels so new and weird to me to be like, hey everyone, come check me out. So like it's it's been like this anxiety hurdle that I've had to like promote myself a little bit. Cause yeah. it, uh You know, it almost feels weird to me to be like, I'm funny. Come watch. But <laughs> sure. It's uh, you know, I, it's what you got to do. So I, I think that I'm funny. Come watch me. It's uh, at the real Matt Daddy and. Facebook, just at Matt Wolf. I post a lot of pictures of my dog, Gary Busey. Uh, he's a big, fluffy golden retriever. So, yeah. <laughs> Listen, man, you said you're over on the west side relatively often. We've got to get you in here with us. Sit, sit down oh, with us amazing. for an hour, hour and a half and have some fun. I'd love to come out and see you, too. So please be in touch and let me know and let Steve know. And maybe we can uh, organize and we can come out and watch you one night. That'd be great. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I just did a set uh, in Vegas. It was the first time I've done a set in front of people I knew. Uh, and it, did, it went well. I, I was so nervous to do it in front of people and bomb that I wouldn't tell anybody I was doing it that I knew. I'd rather do it for a room full of strangers. Yeah. And when I had friends out, I was like, wait, no, they already like you. Like, it was a warm yeah. audience. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. exactly. They're, they're fr it's friendlies. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'll for sure let you guys know. You guys come check me out and uh, have me in whenever you want. I'd love to. Yeah, that'd be great, man. Fun. Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun, man. Dude, it was, man. All, it was awesome to catch up with you. Yeah, for sure. Oh, here's Gary Busey. I'll give you a quick look. He's just <laughs> begging for some attention. Well, there, let me get – he's probably been he's probably been sitting there like that the entire time too, right? <laughs> for sure. Yeah, he's so thirsty. <laughs> he just loves the attention. So. All right, man. It was great to talk to you. Awesome, guys. Talk to you later. Talk right. to you soon. See ya. All right, that was Instagram at the real Matt Daddy. The real Matt Daddy. Yeah, that's probably the best avenue to find him. I think it's not like a fan page on Facebook, so I don't know yeah. if we want, you know – However, listens to this to go friend a random person on Facebook. God, so. that was fun to catch up with him. Holy what a Christ. you know, I it's weird because you're not coming to do trying to do an internship at the side gig if you don't have an interest in comedy or you don't yeah like laughing or you don't think you're a it, little bit funny, right? It, well, I don't know. I mean, there there have been plenty of interns um, like you. You were interested in getting into the business, sure. But I would say that there have been just as many who haven't had any interest in getting into the business, but like the show sure, and thought that would be a fun internship, needed some college credits and yeah. did it. So it shouldn't be as surprising as it is to see one of our former interns go into comedy yeah. at all. Like it shouldn't. And it, like just talking to Matt, he's, he's going to be a great stand-up comedian because he just he's able to communicate like he there's no awkward pauses there's no dull moments or whatever like he's right. somebody who just kind of naturally keeps the conversation going and is a funny dude so yeah and he i mean he was funny when he was an intern and when he was an intern i was working there so it's not like You're the elder statesman i was i was i had seniority in the group so i made him do stupid stuff like you know again stick his foot in a bucket and walk <laughs> into a door where <laughs> Where he got hit in the, you know, and then sit on a whoopee cushion. Real, <laughs> real big hijinks that we were pulling on Matt. But no, you can, I mean, he was funny. We asked, yeah. I, I wanted him on a little off topic because he was funny, yeah. you know, and that's, there was that separation. There were interns that, I mean, I don't even remember their names, Steve, because yeah. like you said, they were just there because they thought it was, it was funny to watch and be mm -hmm. closer to the product they had listened to. But yeah. no, that was that was outstanding, and I, I, I am dead serious. I would love to have him sit would, here with absolutely. us. Absolutely, I would and, absolutely go and, and see and him for an hour. Go sit and have a beer with him. That would be a that would be a blast. That's one of the more fascinating careers for me. 
In terms of questions, I could ask him a million well, questions. I mean, look, he's done. He's like freaking Forrest Gump, man. He's done. Yeah. He's done pretty much everything. So he was in med school, decided, nah. Then he decided to be a lawyer. That didn't work out. Working for the public defender, doing a car scam, apparently, with GM, where he just gives people free cars. Right. Now he's doing immigration and stand-up comedy. And this was all after he served time in the military. Right, yeah. So it's quite a winding trail he's wound there. And um, I think he's he's a great story. He's a fantastic to talk to. And again, million questions about the process for stand-up comedians. I yeah. find it... I find it so fascinating how it's those a, creatives work and how they yeah. manufacture it's that. It's such a foreign thing to me. And I bet if you asked 100 comedians the same question, you'd get 100 different answers. It's just, it's nuts. I, it's one of my dreams, Steve. To, to do a set? To do it. One of my dreams. All-time dreams. But I don't know that I can get past yeah. the nerves. Need a joke writing partner? I could be your ghostwriter. Do you know someone? I bet I do. I bet of all the people in the world I know, yeah. I'm sure one of them could write a good knock-knock joke or something. I bet there is. No, that was outstanding. Thank you, Matt. Again, at the real Matt Daddy on Instagram. Follow him there. That was a lot of fun. Um, at Stephen Kyle, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Again, this was uh, kind of a weird episode. We didn't do a lot of the stuff we wanted to do, but we're under a bit of a time crunch. Yeah. But still wanted to get this episode recorded so we don't break the streak once again because, you know, neither of us have boo-boos. Yep. We already have a full episode for next week, so be sure to stay tuned. We've got to talk about Steve, uh, self-fulfilling prophe- prophecy of being yeah. the cul-de-sac trash. Yeah. Got to get Brother Mike on the phone to talk Little Italy. <laughs> Little Italy. Little Italy. To talk a little Italy oh, is the okay. way that was supposed okay. to come out. <laughs> not like... But not, the, the, not the, the, the spot in one of the New York boroughs, Little Italy. No. Right. All right. At, uh, at Stephen Kyle, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We'll talk to you next week. See you.